1: Haley Chura. And Haley, I can see you are back in Bozeman in your regular recording studio for the podcast. But I know you had a big weekend last weekend, not racing, but just as like requiring as much fueling, hydration, preparation, tapering, all of the above for that. And we are going to be diving into some more than usual mailbag questions in our intro talk today. And I'm just going to throw it out there that we definitely had mailbag question that wants to hear all about your experience at the Taylor Swift concert in Nashville, Tennessee. And I want to hear all about it too. So I, I'm not going to make our listeners even wait for this. Like, let's just, let's talk about it.
0: I'm so glad. Thank you to whomever wrote in to the mailbag asking about this, because this is a big life event. Um, there was a lot of racing happening last weekend, but we were not at any of them (laughs) because I was Very lucky to get tickets to the Taylor Swift era's tour in Nashville. It was, it was an endurance feat getting the tickets. I think I'm, I don't remember if I talked about it a lot on here, but I didn't get them the first time, even though I spent like 12 hours on the computer and just, it was, it was, I think Taylor called it a bear fight and it felt like a bear fight. Like I got in, it was getting all these error messages, like couldn't buy anything. And it was so demoralizing that I was just like, I I remember going for a run that night and I was just like crying and I was like, I can't even listen to Taylor Swift. I can't even like, I want to do only unpopular things for the rest of my life. And, but then, you know, she made it right and we got another chance to get tickets and I was able to get two tickets to Friday night in Nashville night one. And I went with my friend Megan. So Nashville was actually Megan's idea because Megan's a lot, um, a lot more in tune with music, a lot more in tune with cool things <laughs> than me. Everyone needs a friend like this in their life. Yeah, And she was like, when
1: we're like, so out of the loop, I feel like with pop culture and like what the real world is doing.
0: <laughs> right. And I didn't realize like Nashville was going to be outside that like Nashville is like a cool, cool city. Like Taylor lived in Nashville. She went to high school there. And, um, you know, I, I hadn't really ever spent time in Nashville and So we made this into like a pretty cool trip. And so Megan and I are both runners. I actually coach Megan. And here's actually the craziest thing, Alyssa. I had never met Megan in person until we got to
1: Nashville. Oh, I love situations like this because (laughs) I'm sure you feel like good friends and like, you know, like so much, right? Every day for like, yeah.
0: Yeah. We have like a good little friend group. And, um, and I started coaching Megan during the pandemic and So it was like a time when, you know, I think that those friend groups, like that's what kept me going. I was alone through, through a lot of those first years of the pandemic. And that was also coincidentally when Taylor thankfully released some great music, we got folklore, we got evermore. And sometime during that time, Megan and I, like we'd made a decision, like if she ever goes on tour again, we will go together. And that was like years ago. And it was like, kind of one of those things where you're like, I don't know if we're ever going to have a big concert again. Is Taylor ever going to go on tour again? And we just, just kind of threw that out there. And then when she announced her tour, we were like, okay, we're making good on this. And it was incredible. So since we are both runners, um, we did make a plan where we decided to do a running tour in Nashville, the morning of the concert. Have you ever done a running tour of a city, Alyssa?
1: Um, I have not like, I don't think I've planned it out specifically, but that is like the best way to kind of get around and see like new places. I think like Madison, Wisconsin, I actually probably did something similar when I like had gone there for Ironman and I had a friend kind of map out some places to look at that sort of thing. But Nashville sounds way cooler. Nashville is like a city. I feel like where you'd have like, what were your landmarks? Did you have like, well, okay. So
0: we like hired someone.
1: Theme? Yeah,
0: no, no, no. We like hired someone like,
1: this is like a service people provide. So Megan's a doctor. I definitely have never done that then. I thought you meant just like going on a run and like picking out things you want to see along the way.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I've never done this either, but Megan's, Megan's a doctor. So she's gone to like doctor conferences and I guess they sometimes like offer these kind of services. Like they'll have for like a running tour in the morning and they have like someone who is hired to like lead you on a tour. And so we did like a a custom private tour, which sounds Did so you fancy.
1: Did prep your <laughs> private tour guide that they were uh, touring a professional athlete? <laughs> no, we, okay, actually this
0: is funny because um, we found out the name of our, our tour guide. Her name was also Megan. So I was like running with the Megans and we definitely like looked her up on like, online on Instagram. Cause I'm like, why wouldn't I, I want to know who this is. And we Athling, found out she's,
1: like looking at she's a triathlete.
0: She Yes, <laughs> And so, but it got to the point where like, I knew too much about her. And so I did actually tell the other Megan, like, I was like, Oh, I looked you up on Instagram. Um, and that I know you're a triathlete. And I was like, I do triathlons too. I don't know if she had looked me up. I, I have no idea, but, um, <laughs> she didn't, she, she, she played I it like, cool. I feel like it's less creepy to, to like tell someone that you've stalked them on Instagram than sure. just like pretend you don't know anything about them. But, um, so we, we did, um, this, like, well, we, we said we wanted a pretty casual, casual run. We did like the music and murals tour. So Nashville has a lot of good murals, but it is pretty fun to have someone who like knows the whole route. And then can also take pictures of you, <laughs> yeah. you know, you have to get, you got to get the social content And we did about like a four mile tour, but we did it like around Nashville. So it's definitely not like, you don't want to go fast because you're stopping to like take pictures and you're like crossing streets and being safe and all that, which speaking of Alyssa, this was another crazy thing. When I got in Thursday night, have you ever heard of those take the bridge races? Um,
1: no they're like, these I, I feel like very out it. of like, whatever's going on. Yes. Now. So sorry. we're like going to, get running
2: food. To we're going to get food. this is
1: the night before. And where there's
0: like all these runners, like running around Nashville. I mean, Nashville's like crazy. There's like a lot of bachelorette parties and like music and live music and Broadway was just like crazy. We went to get food and then we're like, that guy has a bib on. And we're like, what is going on? Cause it's like late at night, you know, probably like 8 PM. Like it's like dark. And, um, and they're like, there's another guy and another guy. And we're like, what is this? And they like, are just like sprinting. Like they're serious, like going hard. And it's like yeah. running all over the place. And we're like, is there a race going on? And so we couldn't quite figure it out, but they, and we looked at their, trying to look at their bibs, but they're like handwritten. And I was like, maybe this is one of those unsanctioned. Well, like like
1: run. Or Have you ever heard yeah, of runs? I yeah. have
0: done those, but this is even like, this is a little bit more official. And they were like carrying okay. their phones and definitely like trying to look places, but it was a little, little chaotic. Cause I was like, please don't get hit by a car. But, um, but it was like wild. And so then we talked to our, our run tour guide, Megan, and she told us that she, it was take the bridge. So I think this is like a series of, of races and they're at night in major cities, and they usually involve going over a bridge or two. And so in Nashville, they ran over two bridges. I think they had to like go to these checkpoints. And it's just like oh. you just have to go to these checkpoints. You would love it. It's like it's like a mixture of uh orienteering. orienteering and running. Yeah. And
1: running.
0: And I, just, I actually am like, wait, Alyssa, you need to become a professional like, oh, bridge is, taker. Yeah. Um, you gotta look this up. they it, their um, prize money. <laughs> I think there is. I think there might be. I mean, people were like, it was not like people were serious. Like they Whoa. were not like stopping to chat. Yeah. Um, which is like, I wonder if it would have been hard to do this, like in a city where you don't know it. Like I would have been a little overwhelmed, like having just gotten off a plane in Nashville and especially because my flight was delayed and being yeah. like, ah, I got to run around. Cause I like, I think one of the checkpoints was like the Nike store and then these bridges, which I wouldn't have necessarily known where- how to get to them you but you have to
1: study the maps ahead of time yeah
0: yeah but i think Whoa. our run tour guide megan um you know she had raced it and she said it was really fun and so um so she told us a little bit about that which helps you know clear our confusion which is yeah. always nice um and then we you know we did get a cool little tour of of nashville we did not go to the bench in centennial park which i'm sad about that if i have oh. one complaint yeah. <laughs> um, now that i found <laughs> out since then that the mayor i think had like dedicated a bench in yeah. Centennial Park to Taylor Swift in honor of, uh, her singing about reading in Centennial Park. I'm like, Oh, that would have been cool. But you know, we hit a lot of the landmarks in Nashville, got a good lay of the land, kind of got some of that anxiety out of like, you know, getting our day going, um, had a good breakfast. And then our second stop, um, Megan and I, like my friend, Megan, my Megan, um, we are, you know, we have a little casual book club and, we love Ann Patchett, the author. Oh,
1: I and I did see that you went there. Okay.
0: So we went to her, we took like a, you know, rideshare up to her bookstore, Parnassus, which is like suburban Nashville. <laughs> it's like in a strip mall in Nashville. Oh my god! But it was
1: like, it was like so fun to visit. I mean, I love bookstores. I love Anne Patchett. I feel and- like there's no way you're the only people that do that. Like they're probably used to people just showing up, right? But, and like- well, we wanted to meet like Sparky, her dog. We wanted to meet
0: Anne. We did not meet Anne or oh, Sparky. Shoot. There was another dog there. I tried to get a picture of it. Didn't quite get it. But we are we're like videoing and taking pictures in in this bookstore. And I mean, she, they have all the all the books and Patchett books oh. there autographed. And so I did get a couple copies of books that I didn't have yet. Um, I also pre-ordered her book that's coming out in August, Tom Lake, which you can get Ooh. an autograph copy, a copy. Everyone was so nice. Like every woman in there, like also that was working, kind of like looks like Anne Patchett. So you're like, is it Anne? Is it Anne? <laughs> <laughs> and Megan and I were just laughing about how like our trip to Nashville, like our priorities we're seeing, you know a woman in her like sixties author, you know, Pulitzer finalist author, not just anyone and you know, pop star in her thirties, Taylor Swift. So, um, we got one of the two, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, we didn't meet Anne, but we had a magical time at Parnassus. And then, you know, when we were checking out, we did say we were like huge fans. And then we got like free postcards with Sparky on it. Cause I was like, Oh, we're so happy you came. And so we gave us these postcards and That was also magical. So again, I think it's, it pays off sometimes to just be like, yeah, I'm a big fan. (laughs) Yeah.
1: No, I think that's awesome. I love it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And so after that, we, um, we, oh, this was the other thing I swore. I was like, not going to get any merch. I was like, I do not need more clothes. Um, but you know, we just had a little bit of time and I was like, let's just like walk over there and see. And, the line wasn't crazy long. It was moving really fast. We like we're like we'll just stand and see how fast it's moving. It
1: was moving I'm really picturing fast. like going into the like Iron Man merch tent at like an Iron Man. Is it like a similar and they like weave you through all of the things for the race? Like describe no. to me. Take me from that into the Taylor Swift merch situation.
0: Well, okay, this was a great thing about Nashville. And again, kudos to Megan because she booked our hotel room because Megan's also a mom and so she's like so organized <laughs> in ways that I'm not. And so she had booked, like she had at our hotel, like all this stuff, walking distance. So like everything that was like, so, you know, fairly close. And so we just were able to walk over the stadium. They only have like one merch. I think this is pre, oh. pre-concert outside, okay. outside of okay. the stadium. Yep. So anyone could go and which is brilliant. And so the line looked pretty long. It's like a winding long line, but there's just like one, one truck. And, okay. um, and, but it was like, like an eight we wheeler like, truck,
1: like yeah, all the merch. Okay. Like, okay. okay. But I Not mean, like and then there's like truck.
0: tons of boxes. No, <laughs> no. And then they had like a tent. And so, okay. but like the line looks really long, but it was moving pretty fast. So it took us about 40 minutes. Like we stood in line for about 40 minutes, which seemed like a very reasonable amount of time. And it was just also so fun to people watch because walking over there. Oh, Alyssa, I saw a dog dyed key lime green you what? Know, like from like last (laughs) great American dynasty. It's like, um, a line in that song. Yeah. Um, I saw another dog, like a poodle that had like eras tour, like, like it was like dyed and shaved into it. Um, I mean, it was just the people, like the outfits were incredible. Um, you know, it was just, it was so cool to see people just going all out. There were some, like, I saw this one dad, like dressed exactly like his daughter. And it was like a bejeweled, um, t-shirt. And I said like Swift Taylor Swift, dad, and he was carrying like a clear purse with like a phone charger in it. And I'm like, that is a great dad. So she could like charge her phone while she's in line. Um, I don't know if you heard about like the friendship bracelets are like a big thing at the, uh, at the Taylor Swift concerts and you're supposed to like trade friendship bracelets. And so Megan had gotten us, had procured us some friendship bracelets, but like, we liked ours the best. And so, The girl in front of us, like did ask if we wanted to trade. And I was like, we were like, she was like, you can say no. And we're like, no, sorry. (laughs) And I kind of feel bad, but she was like, no, it's totally fine. Like everyone was so nice. She's like, I made a set for myself at home. And then I only brought my trading ones. So she totally got it. So I just wanted to like, my friendship bracelets they like yeah. celebrate my friendship with megan and um <laughs> so anyway we stood in line and i did end up buying i brought this sweatshirt that i'm wearing it's like yeah. coveted blue crew neck <laughs> and then i bought like a uh like tie-dye shirts you know i love the tie-dye um i got a poster and then i also did buy a phoebe bridger shirt because phoebe Bridgers was the opener And, um, you know, I'm a newer Phoebe Bridgers fan. Megan is a more hardcore Phoebe Bridgers fan. And I think that was another reason we really wanted to go to Nashville because we knew Phoebe was opening and, um, you know, I'm, I'm like totally in that camp now as well. And so this is all happening before the show even happened. Um, we, uh, you know, walked back with our merch and we did stop for some tacos and margaritas because it was Cinco de Mayo and like mm-hmm. live music. And again, I hadn't really been to Nashville. I mean, there's, I should know these things, but I'm like, there's so much live music. Like some of these places are multi-stories and there's like a different band and like singer on each story. I'm just wow. like, how are there this many talented people in the world? Um, just totally different, you know life and bubble that i'm used to and the live music was just so good and then a lot of taylor swift songs like a lot of people like singing taylor swift songs just like got us in the mood um you know we we changed into our fun outfits uh, Megan did all sparkles. I wore a t-shirt that said cowboy like me, which is a lyric from a title of a, one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs, but also an homage to my dog. Um, because you know, why not? Your, and your so child, cowboy. Yes, yeah. I know. <laughs> this is our mother's day episode. So yeah. let's talk about that relationship. No. Um, and so it's been, it was just, I felt good about my, my outfit and there was a scare of, of rain. And I think it was raining a little bit when we walked over, but just like a perfect amount of rain, you know, the amount of rain that like cools you off a little bit, uh, getting into the stadium was pretty seamless. And we, um, got to our seats. We had really good seats. I will say this, Alyssa, when Tickermaster gave me the second option to buy tickets. And this time I could only buy two and you didn't get to pick your seats. You okay. got to pick like a price range. And the okay. price range was like it was like 70 to like $500 (laughs) (laughs) big price range. But I, you know, Megan and I were like YOLO, let's see what happens. And then when I got the charge on my credit, on my like credit card, I was like, Oh, these better be good seats. And they were, I mean, they were, we were like row 18. So like,
1: dude, that's (laughs) sick. Yeah.
0: It was, I mean, it, it was amazing worth every penny. And I, um, You know, we we got there, we got to see Gracie Abrams, who I'm also now a fan of. She was our first opener. And I've been streaming her music since then. It was like incredible. I also loved her style. And so I'm definitely gonna like copy some of her outfits. Um, or her she only saw one, but um, I did (laughs) like that. And then and then Phoebe Bridgers came on, which was like Just so cool. She was incredible. She brought out her group Boy Genius. And they, you know, surprised us by doing a couple of songs together. And then there was like basically like a very short little intermission. And then Taylor came on and it was like, oh my gosh. It was just like one of those, like, I mean, I had started crying during Gracie Abrams. That's why you need to be hydrated for these things because. (laughs) Um, it's just like, you're like losing a lot of, uh, fluids through tears, (laughs) but, um, it was just the most incredible thing I've ever seen. I, I echo every single other person I've talked to about this tour. Like, I have no idea how she does it. She played 45 songs, I think, um, in over three, took over three hours. It flies by, except you are standing the entire time. I mean, we, you really barely stand, sit down. Everyone was so nice. The woman sitting next to me, um, was there by herself. It was like her 30th birthday this year and she just wanted oh. to go. And it was just pretty, I mean, it was so cool. People are so nice. Like in the bathrooms, everyone's just like, go ahead. It's fine. And it's just like, what? Like, <sighs> this is like the weirdest experience. Cause it's like being in a big crowd but it's like usually terrifying so, and like, yeah, yeah everyone's like so that. happy and everyone's like dressed in sequins and sparkles and just like so kind. And, um, and you know, one of the things that I was really hoping for was a duet with Phoebe Bridgers singing nothing new, which we have talked about on this podcast. I think we featured a, a little bit and she did do that the first time. When I did, I did, did see together. that on Twitter that they did that. And I was so happy for you. <laughs> oh, we were like dying. It was so cool. It was, so cool. I mean, she played, I, I didn't go into this with like, I had listened to, um, you know, the set list and all that. So I kind of knew what I was going to get, but it was still more incredible in person and just such an incredible show. And then we got the big announcement that speak now Taylor's version is coming out in July, which is like a special thing that, you know, we, she announced that we were like, the first to know followed very quickly by the rest of the world by
1: the, by the internet. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, um, which was also fun. Cause I think my sister was uh, following along and I was trying to take a picture and like send it to her, but then she already knew the news. And like, it takes a little time to get the, you know, when you have that big group, um, to get the news out. And so she was already texting me like you were there. It's <laughs> So, I mean, it's just such a cool message too. I mean, I think that's one reason why Taylor shows music resonates with so many of us, like here she is like this incredibly successful woman doing things, you know, her own way and like owning her music, owning that she's success, like owning that she is the boss, that she is the person in charge and that she's a woman and, you know, being kind of an example for all of us. And I I appreciate that. I think she is such a gift and her work ethic is incredible as well I mean to go out there for three nights in a row in the rain you know putting on this incredible incredible show like I don't know when she goes to the bathroom I'm like (laughs) what in the world how does she do this in these outfits and these outfit changes and like I was wearing fairly comfortable shoes but she's like in stilettos do you think we (laughs) get her on the podcast to ask her that (laughs) I would love to because she's definitely an iron woman. Like yeah. that is an endurance feat. I'm like, how, how do you recover? I mean, I have a lot of questions like, yeah. How do you fuel? How do you recover? <laughs> There's a lot going on, but if, uh, if anyone does get to, to go see her, I, I mean, I, it's such a wonderful experience. If you can't see her, there are a few like live streams on the internet and I may have watched one on Saturday. Cause it's just like, you go through this like obsession afterwards where that's like, all you want to do is like more and more. So um, it's, it was, it was really, really cool. Our, um, our surprise songs. Cause she plays two surprise songs each mm-hmm. night. Our first one was, uh, sparks fly, which was from Ooh. her speak now, uh, album. And Megan had actually guessed that she might do that when we were walking Whoa. over. She, Cause there's yeah. this line where she's like, you know, in the pouring rain and it was like raining and she's like, maybe she'll sing sparks fly. And I was like, Whoa. Megan, how do you know everything? Whoa. She knows everything. And then, um, and And then the second song was teardrops on my guitar because it's from her debut album (gasps) and which she wrote in Nashville. And so that was, that was really special. And it was just, it was an incredible night. And actually getting out of the, of the um, stadium was pretty easy. We were able to walk back to the hotel and, Again, you need a friend like Megan to like plan your
1: logistics. Yeah, <laughs> so Megan. Hope, could be like the Taylor that. Swift tour planning concierge service or something because that sounded amazing and I think <laughs> I know, she's very expensive. Pay her yeah. well.
0: <laughs> but it was it was incredible and I just came out of that like in a really good spot, like feeling really good. I mean, it's it was exhausting. I flew out the next day and, um, you know, just kind of riding the hive and, you know, wearing my sweatshirt since then I probably need to wash it, but it's, it's gotten me, you know, into a good place. Like I think music does have a way of helping mental health and just getting me into a place where I'm like, okay, I'm ready to train for an Ironman now. Like I I'm ready to like seize my life in, in whatever shape and form that it is. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm ready to like tune in for all the live streams. I mean, did you see what happened last night where it was like delayed three hours? I did.
1: Yes. And like people had to, they like put people in shelter in place, places in the stadium, I guess. And like, they had to move them out and in and like, yeah, I mean that seemed crazy. And then she still did it. Like you yeah. know, I mean, she's she's amazing. She's the best. The best. It is. I mean, it does. It
0: makes me want to like work hard. I'm like, you can be like Taylor, like on a slightly smaller stage, not selling out every More single hotel. More of a niche. More of a niche. Yeah, just like we, Taylor. Unfortunately, <laughs> when we go to places, I don't like sell out every single hotel room, and no <laughs> one dedicates a bench no. to me. But maybe someday.
1: I know the crowds in Ibiza on the stream that I did see were not quite as full as the stadium you were in. That's for sure. Uh,
0: but maybe someday, you know, we'll have another Iron Woman live event and we'll like have, you know, lines of people. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but it was, it was a cool event, but thanks to, thanks to Molly for writing and yes. asking. So I got to share it all.
1: You can always count on Molly for the Taylor Swift questions. And my, my weekend Haley was like, Also not paying attention to much racing or racing myself, but it was not nearly as exciting as Taylor Swift, but it was pretty fun. Um, I headed down to Florida to reunite with my one water team and we were staying at Jared Shoemaker's house and he is married to Alicia Kay, So I got to hang out with Alicia for the weekend as well, which was really fun. I haven't, I don't think I had really talked to her since we like interviewed her on Iron Women years ago. So it was great to catch up. And, um, we had the Swedish like filmmakers in town with us to do three days of filming for the mini document, docu documentary after speaking with Swedish people for the whole week of my American like pronunciation and accent was like plus four hours of sleep last night. It was like, I may or may not be speaking properly today, but, um, they, they are doing a documentary on kind of like the road to one water or something like that. Right. Like the path, the, the pre-race things. And Jared and I will be featured uh, talking about like people who are stronger runners, um, which is funny because Jared's also a really strong swimmer, but like definitely a really strong runner, um, kind of tackling one water. And then they got a bunch of footage of all of us with Steve too. And like that they will be using for, the team USA, like, I don't know, sizzle, sizzle reel that they'll do kind of thing. Um, so they, it's like very dramatic too. These filmmakers are very good at making things seem like so dramatic, very intense, um, you know, like dark, the interviews were like, you know, in the dark garage with just the spotlight on you kind of thing. So it sounds um, like an interrogation. (laughs) Oh, it felt like that. It felt like that. Um, but it was fun. And, um, although I, I don't know if I'm just like getting old or travel is like really hard on my body now, or if it was just the temperature swing going to Florida where it was like 85 and 90 just completely wrecked me. But three days of like photo shooting and interviews was really hard for me. And I felt like, like a bag of bricks. Like, and it's not like I was, I basically had a, my training was to be like, just being there and being present for that stuff. And like, I mean, you end up on your feet for like hours and hours every day. And it's actually, I mean, it sounds like such a diva thing to say, but it actually is like exhausting to be kind of because you have to be you're mentally focused for the interview questions, and then you know, you run, you know how it is. It's like you run back and forth, sprinting, right? To make your running look as good as it can, or swimming, right? Like, I mean, it feels like a hundred times like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then you wait while they like take a new lens, get a new angle, do this, and then again, again, again. It's like, oh my goodness, like, let's have you try over here by this tree, let's have you try to like. Jump over this turtle we found, right? It's like, oh my goodness. So um change your outfit. Like you yes, have to do change, that. Oh yeah. Change the outfit. And then like, you know, go back to the outfit you were in three shoots ago. Cause now you want to do this camera thing and blah, 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 And I'm like, oh my goodness. So um I definitely had my purse packed with <laughs> with like bonk breaker protein bars and that's it bars and all of that. I was like fueling the days through that. But it was like, I was glad, I think in my younger days. I would have been like, no, no, I can get up early Hillary and train and like, I'll just knock it out before the 8am, you know, meet up for this. And I was really glad that I did not plan doing that for this one because we got in. I mean, honestly, I put my watch on a couple of times. I was like, oh, I actually, am running quite a bit, like doing all of this, you know? Um, and same with the swimming, like it was, it was totally fine. And now I was able to come home you know, and even though I didn't have a lot of sleep after getting back from a late flight, like got up, got back to the pool and feel not like completely, completely destroyed from a weekend like that. So maybe I'm learning in my, in my old age here. Um, I don't
0: think it's age. I think that, I think this is an important conversation to have because as like media and content and social media becomes like a bigger part of sports because you need to be a full-on entertainer, you have to almost think of those things as workouts and, Mm -hmm. and plan for them and plan the recovery time. Cause I found that with, with YouTube, um, you know, my little foray into that, it's the like energy requirements of it are a lot. It's a lot. And I think that I've had a couple of athletes I've coached that have had to do photo shoots or panels. And you just have to definitely take that into account. Um, and almost, you know, like you would a workout because it, it does take a lot out of you.
1: Yeah. It really, I mean, it was surprising. Like I said, I was kind of like, I like by the end of the day on Saturday, they were like, okay, the last shot of the day, the drone's going to go up and you guys just run up this one hill in Florida, like the only hill in Florida and just keep going until you're out of sight. And I'm like looking at that. I'm like, Oh my God, that's like a half a mile away. (laughs) I am so exhausted. I'm like Hans my blood sugar is dropping. So I really hope this is really the last one, you know, but like, I mean, they flew over from, from Sweden. Like I'm not going to be, you know, be complaining and I'm trying to be like the best I can be for them. But it, it was, it was, it was out of my comfort zone, but it was fun. And Haley, I don't know if you can see, I got fake eyelashes for the, because I knew the camera Aww. was going to be like in my face. So I treated myself because I've always wanted to see what I would look like with fake eyelashes. And um, so I did them. And so now oh, is this going to be a regular thing now. I mean, I do really like them actually. And they've, do they hit up, your, your like um, goggles? They, yeah. Not as much as I would have thought. I mean, I'm sure it depends on what kind of goggles and like what length lash they use or whatever, but actually it seems okay. The hardest thing I have found is not rubbing my, <laughs> my eyes. Like when you wake up and things like that, like you really can't do that. Cause they'll just like, they, that will kind of hurt their longevity. But then sleeping is also kind of hard. You have to kind of move or, you know, you can't like smush your face into the pillow kind of thing when you're like tossing and turning, which I'm becoming to realize I'm like a pillow smusher or something with my face. So <laughs> I like gently now have to like lay my head down to sleep, but I do like, I think it like also makes me feel more put together. Um, Cause I'm not someone who ever wears makeup or anything. And so it is kind of nice to like Pop on Zoom and be like, "Oh, I like. It looks like I like did something to myself today, right?" So, um, you know, for now, it's a fun little thing, but we'll see.
0: You do um, look very put together for four hours of sleep. When when are we going to get to see this? Because I think that that's something like I know that when I've done things like this, and and I'm like you. I mean, we we're kind of a little bit more ready for media obligations than most, I think, because we, we talk every single week on iron women. We interview a lot of people and I'm always shocked by the, how tired I am from filming. Um, but, and I'm always like, I'm never doing this again. And then I like (laughs) see the finished content and it's so good. And I'm so glad I have that. And I'm like, okay, it's worth it. So when do we get to see yours? Do you have a timeline?
1: I don't have a timeline, but I, uh, I mean, it's not going to be too long. I don't think because they're planning to put seven episodes out by August, right? Hey. The race. So we should be, I would say in the next month, hopefully we start to see some of it, but I don't have the hard, hard timeline on that, but they got a any- lot of content. So
0: yeah. Is there anything that you really hope makes the cut? Like anything that was just like really cool.
1: Um, there, there was like a funny thing. Cause you know, you're just like talking and like, you know, and I was like, and I've done this and this, and then I was like, I've done many of these things or something. And I, then I stopped myself. I was like, uh, I've really only done two. So like, I probably shouldn't pay many. And he goes, and the guy like, you know, he's like, no, no, no. Lying is good for this. And I'm like, oh God, so that's definitely going in there. Right. <laughs> um, but no, I think I, you know, we, oh, actually this was cool, but this won't be in there. But, um, they took us to, you know, Alicia and Jared had brainstormed some good locations. And one of the swimming locations was Alexander Springs outside of Claremont. And they were telling me, they were like, just so you know, like there are gators, like alligators around, but like crocodiles are what you need to worry about. Alligators are not aggressive, but they could be around in this spring. Like you'll see baby ones. And it's like, you know, it's just, it just kind of happens, but like, we've only seen baby ones, never a big one. Totally fine. It's what, right. If you're, you'll be fine, but just keep an eye out. So get to the spring. And I'm like dying, Haley. I'm like, oh my gosh. Cause there's like first of all, there was like, you know, seagrass or whatever, like normal water things on the ground. So like Lord knows what kind of alligators are like in the seagrass. Right. And then there's like some algae around and it's like plenty of places for gators to hide. So anyway, I finally, you know, I'm just like not going anywhere that like is on the peripheral of the like spring circle. Right. I'm just like kind of staying in central around any other humans like that. And then the camera guy is like, oh, Alyssa, Alicia, he called me Alicia the whole weekend. And it was Alicia, go out, go out to the seagrass and like swim swim towards me. And I was like, okay. So, you know, I was just like, and I get up because it was all pretty shallow. I stand and I look around and Alicia is looking at me and she's like, gator, like pointing, gator, pointing behind me going alligator, alligator, alligator. And Haley, I almost pooped my pants because I was like I don't like I don't know how serious this is but like her Wait, so you're looked, in you're in the water I'm in the water with like sea grass like right behind me like I had swum to the like edge right but it's like ferns and like grass or whatever and I'm like did you oh, see my the gator well I like turned and looked and didn't see it so I'm like oh my god it's like it's its mouth is open and it's getting ready to chop <laughs> me so I start I like had this moment of like, is it faster if I run or swim? Cause the whole thing was like pretty shallow ish. Right. Like at time. And he like, I started sprinting like through the water, which is like not fast. Like this was, I mean, neither option was going to outswim or outrun a gator if he was truly after me. And I just started sprinting. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I finally like take get up and take a breath and I look and it was really, I would say it was like 15 meters from me at the closest, which is like, close for my first alligator encounter, you know? And so and it's like one second and gator swimming. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so it starts coming out towards these people. So it was like quite a crowded spring. There was like scuba classes going on, like people just playing whatever. And it starts going out, like crossing the spring and people are just like, not worried about it. It was wild. The scuba classes were just like not moving. We're like, there's this giant man eating Reptile like coming at you, and it's doing just what alligators do, like, you know, like looking, you know, like with their eyes. And it dove down, and like Alicia had the GoPro, so she was kind of like going at it. She got much closer than I would have ever gotten, but she wanted to get a little bit on film, and it like sat on the bottom for a while. It was crazy. So that was the excitement. And I was like, oh, after that, I was like, you're done with the water shots. So that was, yeah. Good. yeah, I
0: have a healthy fear of wild animals. Like that's sometimes I see people in Yellowstone and I'm like around bison and stuff. And I'm like, no, I you wouldn't just don't do know,
1: it. Like an alligators to me seem even for whatever reason. I mean, there's like, this is not logical, but it's like bears. I kind of feel like you maybe can like look in their eyes and be like, Oh, this is going to happen. But like, alligators just seem so rare. Like you can, they have no way they have like no facial expressions. Right. It's like, they're just kind of- Job. You you are job, always judging judging the facial expressions of bears. Of bears.
0: If I yeah <laughs> if I see really a bear I'll be like nice. Alyssa. Just just, 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes no I think healthy I mean, having a healthy here, smiling
1: Yeah, this stay really sad. <laughs>
0: Staying away from all the wild animals is, is usually a good plan. That's why we have our domesticated ones in our homes, but, um, well, it sounds like a really good, really good adventure. And I can't wait to see the footage. So definitely keep us posted when that, when that's out,
1: I will, I definitely will. And without further ado, this has been a really successful catch up. I mean, Haley and Alyssa episode today, but don't worry listeners, we have much more in store for you. So let's jump into, jump into the mailbag. And whoosh, okay, we're we're in it, Haley. And um, we have um, a few questions that we are going to answer today. So the first one, first of all, you can keep sending questions to ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com. Our first question comes from Taylor. They have a pair, pair of urban shoes for racing, but their upcoming 70.3 will be on a packed dirt trail. They're racing Victoria 70.3. So Is it worth wearing carbon shoes on the surface? If not, what do you look for in a racing shoe that is not carbon? Do you just get a fresh pair of your regular running shoes, or do you look for anything special? And Haley, this this is actually reminding me in my like earliest days of like just trying to become fast. I used to, I used to run in trainers, and then I would keep my really old trainers when they were like barely, you know, like thinnest at their thinnest, and I'd be like, oh, now they're racing flats. <laughs> this is like definitely so don't before do that, the everyone. days
0: of uh, super shoes. shoes, yes, yeah, and like <laughs> it's just extra foam, and before Hoka was invented, yes. Um, um, okay, so what do you
1: think? What's your take on this one?
0: I vote wear carbon shoes for I think that they are even on a packed dirt trail, like, I think that that's going to be an even enough surface that it, um, you will get a benefit from your carbon shoes. Like, I don't think Victoria 70.3 is, is like real technical single track or anything like that. I think it's just, you know, it should actually feel nicer on your legs. Cause you have the actual, like the cushion of the packed dirt trail, but then you're still going to get that benefit the spring from the, um, the carbon plate and probably whatever foam is in that fancy carbon super shoe. And I think you will get a benefit. So I still think it's worth it.
1: I agree. I have definitely raced, um, a 50 K on like a dirt trail that was like a Jeep road. So it actually had some bits that were like quite not even and stuff. And the carbon shoe is definitely still faster. Um, so overall, yeah, I think Victoria 73.3 is going to be pretty, um, pretty packed. I think it's like a, almost like a rail trail is what I'm envisioning, but, um, definitely, you know, I would say definitely wear it though for like a shakeout run. If you can get out there the day before, just like, so you are used to the feeling and what it's like, but I still think it's a good idea and it is going to be even softer for your legs. But if you weren't going to wear a shoe that is not carbon, or do you have like a a fast shoe that's not carbon Haley, what do you, how do you approach that? Um, so I do
0: like I don't run in a carbon shoe for like every single fast run I do in training. And so like I did a little fart, run yesterday and I wore the Hoka mock, I think it's on number five now, um, which is kind of a lighter weight, uh, trainer shoe. It doesn't have a carbon plate, but it's a little bit lighter. And so it still feels pretty fast. Um, and I really like that. I think the Rincon, uh, from Hoka, I also like that one a lot. So those two are kind of my go-tos for a lot of, um, you know, if there's any kind of pickups in a, in a run or anything like that. And it's on, I I run on like non-technical trails in those all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just because I do think wearing a carbon plated shoe is, is a lot on your body too, all the time. I also, and this is probably like a controversial take, like, because of how I grew up swimming, like I like to like save some things for race day. <laughs> and so, um, I, I don't train in carbon plated shoes a lot. I added, I have a few times on like hard treadmill runs on a track session just to like feel that way and to feel fast. Like, I think it, it is kind of nice to like feel fast and get like a real check-in on what my speed is like in a carbon plated shoe. So I will sometimes, but otherwise um, I, I like the, the Hoka mock or Rincon. I think that those two seem to work really well for me for training.
1: Yeah. I would agree with that. I think that I find like a nice lightweight cushioned pair that like just makes me feel fast. You know, I think you kind of want to try a few on and kind of see, and then I'm like, okay, these are, like, I run well in these. So these will be like my fast shoes that I'm, I'm not letting myself wear the carbon plated shoe, but like, this is still fast, that kind of thing. Or like, I'm going to track group. So I'm, not going to be the one that shows up in a carbon plated shoe, but this one still will help me keep up. So, (laughs) um, you know, I think definitely a a little bit more lightweight than like my standard pair of trainers and stuff like that. But I would still say if you, um, have a good carbon plated shoe that, you know, you trust and you have like worn to know it works for you, then, I would race in those for sure. So, um, but mixing it up in training is always always good good luck to Taylor at Victoria 7.3 coming up in a few weeks. And our next question comes to us from one of our iron women OGs, I would say Jocelyn Wongstar. Wongstar is never going to leave you Jocelyn. So you will always get that from me. And this is a really great question. So we talked, um, a little bit, I don't know it's just in our ad or if we talked about it in the intro last week, but, um, inside tracker is running a May special with, they added, I think like two new hormone tests to their ultimate or two new hormone like tests. Yeah. To the ultimate test that you can get for free now with the ultimate plan in the month of May. Um, with the check out our show notes (laughs) for the iron women discount code. And Jocelyn was asking the best, what is the best time to get blood work done? Is it in the off season, your race week, right before your period, et cetera. And that's a great question because you do want to kind of make sure you are thinking about these things, right? Haley.
0: Yeah. So I have gotten blood work done. I think both times I've done it, I've done it in January. So it's kind of right as I'm starting to train again, And it's kind of more of a baseline for the season. And I just like that I've done it consistently around the same time because it's easy to compare to something similar. If you want to do it more frequently than that, I think that, you know, it's probably good, but I think if you do it during, um, you know, race week or, uh, right after a race, just note it because if there's anything unusual, you might be able to explain that because of the timing and same thing with your period. I think if you can like note that, especially if you are looking at hormone levels, like obviously those are going to fluctuate, um, uh, during your cycle. And so just note like about what time it is. And it's like, is this when progesterone should be high or is this when progesterone should be low? So you can tell if it's, if it's off or if it's just a normal part of your cycle. Um, I think it's also important to keep in mind if you're on birth control, like that's going to impact your hormone levels. And, um, I know Alyssa, you, you had a fun story about doing it, uh, getting your blood work done right after getting the COVID vaccine and how that kind of set off some alarms because Not the best route.
1: I would not have gone down that route, but I had, I had my reasons, but um, you know, I, so then, yes, I went into the blood work knowing things in that, like, you know, under that lens would be off. And sure enough, my white blood cell count was like quite high, but inside tracker does allow you to do like a table view with your results. And it has this note section. And so in the note section under that, I was like, got COVID vaccine 12 hours prior. Right. So just like help jog my memory of that's why that particular marker would be so far off and that sort of things. And so you could you could put like um what day of the cycle it was for you, or if you did it during race week or a heavy volume of training week. Or, you know, sometimes if I'm being honest, I don't do a great job with like the fasting you're always supposed to do <laughs> the time before, right? So um I might note that in there, things like that. I think just better having better the more information because blood work is never going to give you like a complete hundred percent story of it all. And having just kind of more details will help you as you work with your doctor to figure out, you know, what things look like, I think.
0: Yeah. But great question. And, um, I mean, definitely something to talk, talk to yourself about, talk to your doctor about, right. And just note those things in case anything does, does seem unusual. You can kind of work your way through it before you, um, you know, get too concerned about anything.
1: And I, yeah, one other point I did want to make is like the best there, I don't think there is a best time. Like Jocelyn, you're a mom, you're like, your life is busy, right? Just like do it when you can make it work and then go from there. Like, I think I've definitely gotten caught into the cycle of like, we'll just try and find the perfect time and blah, blah, blah. And it's everyone's lives are busy right now. So like, get it done. Don't skip it because it is very important. So that's like priority, I think above anything else.
0: Yeah. But thank you for the question. And I think we have one more, right?
1: we have a a question from Sarah. Yeah. So Sarah wrote in and she is racing her first super sprint coming up. I think this coming weekend and she's so nervous. So she's looking for tips for a complete beginner. And this is so exciting. I love the fact Sarah, that you are taking on your first triathlon. And I think that I'll start and just say my first tip. I'll give you two. My first tip is for a super sprint, it will probably be over before you know it. So don't be afraid to like, to push yourself because I think it will, you know, it it goes by faster than you ever think, even though you're probably sitting there being like, oh my gosh, how am I going to tackle this entire thing? Right. So don't be afraid to like go and just like, you know, enjoy it. And like, if you're feeling good, like push hard and go, because it is going to be over before you know it. Um, my second one is I think like probably like stolen from Chrissy Wellington or something. I think she always would tell people like, you have to smile. Right. And like smiling helps you remember to like have fun. You are out there. Um, like you only get to do your first triathlon once. And so you do as like, as much as I'm saying, like you can go hard and like, you know, it's going to be over soon, but like also take the time to be like, man, I'm awesome. I'm doing my first triathlon. This is a really cool moment in my life. And don't worry about being nervous because even people who's 50th triathlon, like race nerves are a good thing. So, um, yeah, I Those think there's some great totally tips. Normal.
0: And I would just add that, um, our interview this week, uh, with Jackie Yost, I actually asked her basically this exact question. So you got to listen to the interview and, and hear about Jackie's tips, because, um, I think, I think that's a good one, but Sarah, Have a great time. Best of luck. And, you know, maybe write in and let us know how it goes.
1: And again, we will, we'll jump out of the mailbag now. Um, but people can keep sending questions to IronWomenPodcast at gmail.com and Haley Jackie Yost. Tell us who she is. Yeah. So Jackie Yost is 94 years old. She's a
0: triathlon Legend. She's a proud inductee of USAAT's Florida Region Hall of Fame. And I was lucky enough to sit down and record a short conversation with her on site in Larryland, which is what she calls her house in Treasure Island, Florida. It's named for her late husband, Larry Yost. Jackie told me how she went from a child who loved playing outdoors to a PE teacher and ultimately an avid runner, triathlete, and golfer. So Jackie raised her first triathlon in 1993 at the St. Anthony meek and mighty super sprint with larry and her daughter joy jackie talks about her relationship with her family and what it was like to race together which she and larry did into their 90s Uh, larry passed away last year and jackie now prefers to support and cheer for her the competitors who often include her children and her granddaughter and we thought this was a perfect conversation to release as part of feisty media's mother's day week so we'll have my conversation with jackie right after the break Jackie, welcome to the Iron Woman podcast.
2: Thank you very much. I'm very, very impressed.
0: Is this your first <laughs> podcast ever?
2: Uh, probably so, I've uh- had a few other t- chances once or twice, but not many.
0: Oh uh, well, we're always honored to be someone's first ever podcast interview. But oh, I, a
2: podcast? Yes, I have not done this one.
0: You've done a lot of interviews. I'm surrounded by uh, some of your your newspaper articles, and I've done a little research on you. I'd love to start by talking about what we just did. Can you talk about the significance of the swim, the Friday swim with the Mad Dogs?
2: It's something we've been doing throughout our years since we belong because. We opened up our house, and we found out everybody needed a cup of coffee. So we decided we'd have the coffee, and it has just grown from that.
0: I mean, you're hosting quite the party here today.
2: Oh, every Friday morning.
0: Can you talk about where we are? We're in Treasure Island. You've lived here. Your children live around you now. Can you just talk about the significance of this area?
2: This is called Larry Land. Larry Land. I love that. <laughs> We've owned it so, so many years, and after we retired, we came down here and we, we were runners at that time. And so a couple of the mad dogs uh, invited us to come join. And we oh, we can't do a triathlon. Oh, yes, you can. So we did Meek and Mighty. And so after we did Meek and Mighty, we said, we're going to do the whole thing. So that's when we started. And of course, you know, Florida, at, at first we had so many uh, triathlons here. And we were the first, and so we always kept saying St. Anthony's is the first of the year. Well, we can't, we can't claim that anymore.
0: I know that this morning I was a little worried about the weather. I texted your daughter Joy. I was like, you know, is the swim still happening? And she was, oh, oh, yes, of course, rain or shine, the Mad Dogs will be out there. And that is how, what happened, right?
2: That's exactly right. Eight o'clock, we go. <laughs>
0: Um, and so tell me about how you got into triathlon. You mentioned that first race, the Meek and Mighty, yes. at St. Anthony's. That was in 1993, 30 years ago. That's
2: exactly right. Can you
0: believe it's been 30 years?
2: Hardly. And I realized that the Mad Dog, the Mad Dogs really got started 30 years. This is their 30th anniversary. And so I started to think, oh, my gosh, yes. So that's that's when we did it.
0: Yeah, and I, okay, that first race in 1993, you raced with your husband, Larry, and your daughter, Joy. Joy right? yes. What was that like to race with your whole family?
2: Well, we didn't know what we were going to do. We just said, well, we have to listen to see what's going to happen. Well, you know, it was so much fun. And the thing about it is that we all won first place. Well, what else can you do? you got to do more.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: That's pretty great. All, all three of you won first place. And had no idea what we were doing.
0: Yes. And so when I was coming out for this this uh, swim and to meet you, I was emailing with Joy and she said that you and, your, and Larry were just such, inc- I think she called you tremendous role models for her and her siblings because you were active, you're outgoing, you were really warm to your community. Do you feel like you've worked hard to be a role model?
2: No, it just happened.
0: It just happened? What is it? What is, how does it feel it's, to have your daughter it's talk? It's rather
2: surprising, really.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's pretty cool to have your daughter talk about you like that to strangers. That's
2: right. Well, actually, I have to go back. In my childhood, I loved being outdoors. And so I was in high school, and we had a, a PE teacher to come from University of North Carolina, which is known as Woman's College of the University of North Carolina, WCUNC. And so she came to talk to us. I thought, I'm going to be a PE teacher. So that's what I did. I did PE, so I got my certification. I got teach to to do rec. It was was really health, physical education, and recreation. That was the degree. And so I've just always been in sports. And when when Larry was working, I was playing.
0: (laughs) What kind of play? Golf. Golf.
2: All right. <laughs> I love the game of golf. Do you still play? Uh, I haven't in the last year, but yes, I, I still play.
0: Okay. I love and, it. And so somewhere along the line, you added triathlon and running. Well, so like running and then.
2: Actually, triathlons came before I got to play all the golf I liked.
0: Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> so um, do you think triathlon helps your golf game?
2: I think everything does. It's, it's all tied together. Physical education and and sports. And I loved everything. And my my husband was a swimmer. He swam for NC State. And so when we got together and then as, as we, uh, he his job increased and we would move from one place to the next, but we got to, to run. And then we came here and met the Mad Dogs. And so after that, we just didn't matter. And we didn't do student one or two. We did about one every weekend because Florida at that time had more triathlons than most other states and then all the other states realized "Hmm, let's get busy so we had we had so many uh, triathlons down here so we didn't have to go far.
0: Did you ever did you ever travel far um, and go to any races? In well we did conditions?
2: go to Switzerland.
0: Oh how was that?
2: <laughs> we got there my husband had a A little unfortunate incident to happen, so we didn't get to go. We had to come home, but uh, we were so excited about going, and uh, we we just done everything that we like to do.
0: We didn't get to quite make it to the start line of the race. No,
2: I didn't race. If he didn't race, do you have a favorite race? Uh, St. Anthony's. We always look forward to that. What's special about St. Anthony's? It's just because we were always first in the in in. For so many years and it was the first one to come up so you started practicing and working on it as you did go along so it it was just one of those things
0: was there any year in particular that was especially memorable at st anthony's
2: i know that uh, my children have done it with me and my granddaughter has done it with me uh, my children all live around me sent joy lives over across the way cindy's running back and i've got my son next door so Well, we just all get together and do things. Of course, you know, we always had the water sports. Okay, because you're right on the water. Oh, yeah. We've skied out here, and uh, we've just done a lot of things. Do you still train at all these days? Uh, I'm walking these days.
0: One of the reasons I'm here is because of my connection to Molly Hayes, who was a legend in the Montana triathlon scene, the local, or I guess even the national triathlon scene. And when I interviewed her a few years ago, she talked about you and your relationship and also just the relationship with all the women in the 80 and 90-year-old age groups. Can you talk about that, about some of your competitors? I, I
2: think I met Molly the first time in Shreveport. Uh, we were doing the, the nationals there, and there was Molly. And, of course, the the water was not really very good that year, and so we had to do it in a lake. And we realized that once you got out there, you had to walk in the mud to get in and get up back on land. But that's where I first met Molly. Yeah, the and board.
0: then she ended up coming out here to St. Anthony's yes. several times and, and joining for the swim.
2: Oh, yes. We had fully expected her to be this year.
0: I mean, I feel like I'm here a little bit in her place, which is an honor for I me. I know. But what about the other women in your in your age group in the 90-year-old age group? I mean, you Sister had, Madonna. Yeah, so you know each <laughs> other. You all know each other.
2: Well, the one good thing is I'm a year older than sisters, so we in age difference, it was always that little extra age. <laughs>
0: Did you like it when you aged up and you? Got to oh yes. Open up a new age group. Oh yes. <laughs> yes. Are you at ninety four right now?
2: Uh yes. Okay,
0: so you're racing at ninety four this yes. year. Do you, if
2: If I were racing,
0: would you ever enter like a running race at ninety five just to get into that next age group?
2: I don't know. I, I we've always done um, most of the races around here, but as I say, I have not done one lately. Larry became very very ill, and so at that point in time I could not do I did not do anything if he could not be there and so it was more or less uh I, I don't want to say I was a caregiver but I, I was with him every step of the way.
0: And it would feel wrong to, to start a race without no, him. No I
2: would not do that.
0: <laughs> did you, you sound like you had a really special special relationship, special connection and yes. special connection to the tribe. He, he was
2: always there I was always there so it was a Camaraderie, but your children are still carrying it on. Oh, thank goodness! And my granddaughter is coming tonight, and she's going to do this race, maybe. All right. And so she has done it, as I say. All three of my children have done this, and we've all done it together. So it's been fun.
0: Yeah. And I was reading a Tampa Bay Times article, and I think you were quoted as you know being really influential in getting a lot of women in the area involved in triathlons. So I, is that something where you were actively encouraging women to sign up? No, for you
2: just made friends. Made
0: friends? Or maybe they saw them. you out there. Did anyone Has anyone seen you out there and being like, okay, if Jackie's doing this, I can do it?
2: <laughs> oh, yes. I've heard that yeah. behind my back.
0: <laughs> behind your back? Have you heard it from anyone maybe in their 70s or 80s doing their first triathlon and they know they can do it? Uh, because-
2: yes. Uh-huh, because we through our club, we get to meet a lot of people. Uh And of course, to be in the club, that uh, you have to do a triathlon, whether it's Meek and Mighty, or whether it's just St. Anthony's.
0: How does that make you feel when someone says that you inspired them to do their first triathlon? I just have to smile. (laughs) I don't
2: really have anything else to say.
0: Do you have any advice for uh, for anyone racing at uh, any triathlon for the first time, or...
2: I remember the time that when my granddaughter was down here and she was going to do the swim. Uh Uh-huh. And she's quite a good swimmer. And she looked at there. She says, I don't know if I can do this. I said, you're here. When that gun goes off, you go.
0: (laughs) We were talking earlier about your motto. Can you share your motto with our listeners? Yes, it's show.
2: You show up. You go when the gun goes. And you finish.
0: Show, go, and finish. This is the wise words of Jackie Yost. Thank you so much for, for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for opening your home and sharing your swim with me. And uh, I look forward to, to racing in the path that you have blazed.
2: Well, we look forward to it. This is a, a wonderful time of the year. It is fun.
1: Haley, I love that motto or mantra, mantra of Jackie's to go, show, and finish. I think that does kind of boil down like what it's all about right you got to go show up get to that finish line and then like i don't know maybe we can add and listen to taylor swift along the way or something like that (laughs) yes
0: that makes the makes the going and showing even more fun but great great mantra for for triathlon and for life um great words of wisdom from jackie such a treasure in our sport, I'm, I'm so thankful for the sport and the people that it has brought into my life, including Jackie and joy and Cindy and her whole family. It was such a treat to, to meet them and, and the rest of the mad dogs. I mean, they, they are a very special group and remind me what makes the sport so cool. So I'm thankful that they, you know, let me join for that very choppy swim.
1: <laughs> All right, Haley. Well, we weren't racing, but I think we both need a little bit of recovery time this week. So I hope you recover well and get back into training and thank you for sharing the Taylor Swift love for those of us who could not make it to Nashville. That sounded like such a special experience.
0: Yeah. And you recover well from your, your movie star experience. Can't wait for, to see it all happen. And, um, can't wait for your one water race. I mean, August is going to be here before you know it. So, um, get some sleep and I'll talk to you next week. Bye Haley. You've been listening to the Iron Women podcast hosted by Haley Chura and Alyssa Gadeski. Iron Women is a production of Feisty Media and is edited by Lydia Russell and produced by Ellen Titian. Head to livefeisty.com to find more podcasts, stories, and fresh perspectives. Thanks for listening.